1: Welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. Well, the US Open has been and gone. It was a very exciting week at the country club in Brookline, it had everything we'd want from a US Open. I mean, the course was tough but fair, playing conditions were hard, scores were high and it really came down to the wire between two young talents on the PGA Tour.
0: Yeah, I watched the whole thing yesterday, Diane Father's Day. A lot of fathers sat with their their kids, I think. But um, I was just um, thinking about how hard that golf course was or is, considering that there was a lot of short holes. But when you saw the way the TV was set up, they, they looked so narrow looking down those bowling alley type fairways and over. Talked about it when I did my drawings where there was a sort of a lot of blind shots. Very intimidating, even for those guys that are playing really well. Matthew Fitzpatrick, I was looking at his swing on YouTube on Saturday night because he plays a sort of a unusual swing, whereas a lot of the lot of the young guys are up now, they're up high, like not as high as Matt Wolfe, but Justin Thomas, and they drop the club down into the slot. Other guys like Rory, they just kind of stay on plane the both both ways, forward and back. But Matthew Fitzpatrick, he he goes under plane on the way back and comes out on top of it like a real woodchopper's action mm-hmm. and some of the some of the greatest players have ever played that way Sam Snead, Ben Hogan, a lot of guys played with that coming like pulling an arrow out of a quiver it was an old term we use in golf and I was just looking at his swing on TV on Saturday took a photo of it and then I played it back to look at it he was so on plane his shaft was so stable the club face was so stable I told Sam I said this is going to be the guy that's going to win it tomorrow. He's swinging so good. Uh, hit 17 greens yesterday. We haven't seen that happen since 19, uh, I want to say 1980 at uh, Marion. David Graham, countryman, hit all 18 greens on the last round at Marion. So very well-deserved by Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's a real grinder of a player. Uh, Billy Foster, his caddy, who, as you know, been caddy for 40 years, caddy for 70 Ballesteros, Never had a major. I didn't even realize yeah, that. So... Neither. Great team victory for those guys. And of course, we picked him and now you've you've picked two winners in a row, Diane. And now I'm going to have to find out this show is all about you because you're going for the hat trick and we're going to find out if you really love your brother this week.
1: Oh my gosh, <laughs> don't put that on me. Um, yeah, well, Travelers Championship this week. But going back to Fitzpatrick, um, you know, to enter Sunday, the final round of a major, when you've never won on US soil before that's a huge amount of pressure and for him to play the way he did it was at the 11th hole where he sunk a really long putt and that kind of like changed the momentum a little bit for him I think and just kind of got him back in there but It was so impressive to watch and I kept hearing this thing about Fitzpatrick that you would always see him looking for his pencil after a shot and he would write notes in his yardage book after every single shot that he hit that's how meticulous he is and we know that he's done a huge amount of work lately on his swing and you know generating speed obviously you noticed it in his swing but what an amazing victory for him and you know storybook ending you mentioned billy foster but also the fact that fitzpatrick won the u.s amateur at the country club in 2013 there was a great picture that i saw the pga tour tweet this morning a picture that was taken with his brother and his parents in 2013 they posed exactly the same with the u.s open trophy yesterday and it's just an amazing amazing moment but we have to talk away as well about will zalatoris because even though we had both picked Fitzpatrick to win, and obviously, like, you're, you're happy and you want that to happen. I wanted Will to make that putt on 18 so badly to force the playoff. And, you know, it was, um, it, it's kind of crushing for him almost, but he's so close that we all know it's only a matter of time.
0: Yeah and you go back to uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick he 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 hooked his ball off the 18th tee into a fairway bunker and he told his caddy that he he was he's having a terrible season of fairway bunkers and I thought to myself when he said that wow can I ever relate to that I I always had a hard time hitting the ball high enough out of fairway bunkers cuz I was kind of a low hitter anyway when I saw that shot I thought well he's going to try to just he was lucky that he just got away from that small island and he had a sort of a uh, a shot to the left of it and saw Billy Foster actually plumb bob it. And someone said on TV, wonder why he's plumb bobbing it. I think what he was doing, he was lining up to see how far left he could go and slice it back onto the green. But I, I told Sam when he was over that ball, to where he hit it behind the hole perfectly 15 feet down the hill for birdie, it was probably about a two in 10 shot two, two times out of 10. He could probably do that. So under that kind of pressure, and then I found out that he didn't like fairway bunkers, (laughs) then I would say that that was by far the most memorable shot Mm -hmm. I've ever seen hit under pressure. Sandy Lyle, uh, Paul Azinger noted it when he won the Masters, he hit it out of the bunker. By the way, Sandy Lyle hit that bunker shot on 18 at the Masters in a rain jacket, and it wasn't even zipped up, which I can't even believe. (laughs) I asked him about it once. How do you swing in a rain jacket when it's not even zipped up? But anyway, that's that's another whole story um
1: Look, when Allotaurus, you're when you're Scottish you have a lot of practice playing in a rain jacket so <laughs> yeah
0: but not zipped up
1: yeah I know we just
0: kind of hanging just kind of floating around there somewhere really? um going back to uh Will's Alatoris you know Will forced himself back into that tournament in the back nine he wasn't playing that well yesterday and what did he make? Three birdies on the back nine lake. Just tells you how much he has inside of him. Of course, we've all seen his swings very powerful. Yesterday, it got off slightly. And he was pushing a few of his shots. But for Wills Alatoris, he's already a household name. He's had three second places in major championships. He's going to win for sure. He still has the putting issues where he opens a face and cuts across it. But my gosh, Diane, he's always there. He never disappoints in the majors. With that big draw, I was thinking ahead already. Who's going to win the Who's going to win the Open Championship, St and Andrews? If if there's not a better of the draw of the ball in the game right now, it's, if Rory, it'd be Will Zalatoris. So Will Zalatoris will have his day. It always ends up that way in golf, Diane. He's so young. He will have that day. Like Billy Foster, the caddy, had his day yesterday. But yes, I wanted that putt on 18 to go too. And every one of them read it slightly high, and they it ball never did come back. I
1: know, I know. One thing I did love, and it's really testament to Will, and I think, as you say, he's finished runner-up in the Masters last year, finished sixth in the Masters this year, second at the PGA last month, and now second at the US Open. We're learning more about him because when we see him in contention, they're talking about him a lot more. We see a lot of these interviews and he keeps saying the same thing, that it's just the confidence that he takes knowing that he's so close that it's going to happen. But he went, after he congratulated Matt Fitzpatrick on the 18th green and after Matt had been with his family his parents Will went over to his parents and said if I had to lose to anyone I really wanted it to be Matt and I thought oh my gosh what a lovely boy (laughs) so (laughs) I feel like I'm more of a fan every time we see Will in this position and as we say that win is coming and it really would be the kind of fairy tale ending to the majors of 2022 if he went on and won the open.
0: Yeah, and he's done it. um, He hasn't lost any of them. Um, Will hasn't. He hasn't done anything terrible at the end. He put a lot of pressure on uh, Fitzpatrick yesterday when he drove it 300 yards right into the fairway. And And then that put a lot of pressure on Fitzpatrick, as I said, and that made him hook that ball into the bunker. And, of course, Fitzpatrick hit the best shot probably of his career out of the bunker and sealed the deal. However... You know, Scotty Scheffler was right there yesterday and I watched his round and he got off to a hot start and I sort of, it's really easy for some reason, I'm not sure why, it's really easy to sort of just assume that Scotty Scheffler is kind of going to be around these Mm -hmm. majors. You know, he won four times this year. looks like he just passed $12.5 million, already the most uh, lucrative season that's ever been done on the PGA Tour. Um, Scotty Scheffler had the tournament, you know, to his own on the front nine. And then sort of the course started to fight back a little bit. This course asked you to hit the fairway off the tee, which is a you know a nice thing as a viewer to watch that, because if they don't hit the fairway, then they were forced to lay up. Then they were forced to try to play a wedge. And invariably it always finished in a bogey. And we were all looking at the board going, oh my gosh, they're six under, five under's already in. Uh, Massey at three, could three stay? And then we had to watch those guys fight their way to hold their position ahead of Matsuyama so it was a very interesting tournament couldn't have finished in a better better way mm. uh, the golf club itself there or the country club at Brookline very difficult course Diane wouldn't like to have to play that course today myself but it was uh, it worked perfectly for this this event
1: I really hope I mean last time we saw the US Open there it was 88 I really hope they add it into the regular rotation because the course there was so much praise heaped on the course over the four days. And yeah, I would love to see it again. It was great to watch. But anyway, we're we're only a short two hour drive to Cromwell, Connecticut for the travelers at TPC River Highlands this week. Now, Elk, you and I talk about this tournament every year when it comes around because this is a real, well, it's a fan favorite, the, the crowds are out. They're going to have a fantastic time this week. But the guys love playing this tournament. And the tournament director and his staff, they really go above and beyond to make sure that this is one that they want to put on their schedule for the year.
0: We never miss this tournament, Diane, mainly because both my kids thought this was the best tournament on tour. <laughs> when Annie and Sam were little, I'm talking seven and nine years old, we'd show up to the Hartford tournament, uh, the travellers, and they'd have a gift bag all with their name on it. And there'd be little trucks and cars for Sam and Annie would have, you know, little dolls and colouring in books and all this. They, and they had, was, they had their name on it, special gift for the kids. It's just the most hospitable, hospitable week ever for the tour players. Very well-attended tournament. They'd probably get the most people other than the Phoenix tournament, the Waste Management, come to this, this event. Uh, It's sitting right out in the middle of a cornfield and right on the river, and it's a beautiful course. We're going to see a whole different uh, scope of golf this week, Diane. Now all the guys are going to take a giant breath because they can all now make a birdie. Couldn't make one last week. (laughs) Uh, And we've got some momentum of some of the players coming out of the U.S. Open. Some of them are beat, beat up. Some of them are still trying to push for their first win. I'm heavily looking at players that still haven't won and have got a lot of fight left in them. Will there be any fight left in guys like Rory McIlroy, JT, and all these guys? Are are they going to relax this week and not really fire on all cylinders? Well, we're going to tell you.
1: Yeah, well, as you say, star-studded because five of the official World Golf Ranking Top Six are playing this week. You mentioned Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler is going to be there as well. We're going to work our way through the list, but we have to talk about the epic playoff that we saw here last year, and I think is it five of the last 11? I'm gonna double check that, but they've ended in a playoff here. You know, who can forget Jordan Spieth, Daniel Berger, when Jordan holed out from the bunker on 18 in 2017. But last year it was Harris English v Kramer Hickok. And it was a a blow for blow putting contest over eight holes. It took eight extra holes for Harris English to go on and win. So um, as you say, like the fans have an amazing time here. You can imagine, Imagine the noise and the atmosphere last year and uh, they're going to be hoping for something kind of similar. Low scoring this week as well and this is actually the second shortest golf course that the guys play on the PGA Tour schedule.
0: Yeah, somewhere between 15 and 20 under is going to win this tournament if the weather's good Diane. 15, 16 and 17 wrap around a lake. I've done the drawings, you'll see them. 15 is a drivable par four. Uh, 16 is a longish three or medium-length three, and then 17 is a very, very intimidating hole with the water all the way down the right. And then 18 is back through a valley, back to the clubhouse. We, still, we always remember Jordan Spieth, uh holding that bunker shot. And I remember your brother winning this tournament not too Amazing. many years ago.
1: Amazing. Um,
0: so what is it going to take to play well at this tournament? Well, coming off the US Open, Diane, everyone's going to, as I say is going to have a, a breath, take a deep breath because they will be able to get around this course and make get a lot of looks at birdies. <clears throat> Not too many hard holes at this one. I think birdies are the key this week, Diane. I always look at statistics. What would I need to do this week to play well in Cromwell? I would be looking down the list of guys that haven't won on tour that are looking for a big opportunity to catch some of these real big players like Spieth and JT and Scheffler. You said them all, Diane that they're maybe slightly off. This is a big opportunity for some young guys to take a step forward. And my list right here is full of guys that are great putters and make lots of birdies. And I'm thinking there's still some gas in the tank, even though gas is expensive. (laughs) Some Gas in the tank (laughs) for some of my picks this week.
1: One thing that's really interesting about this place is that we've, when you look back at past champions, it's a real mix of shorter hitters and the bombers. I mean, Justin Johnson won here a couple of years ago. Bubba Watson has won this tournament three times. Neither of them are going to be teeing it up this week for, for a variety of reasons. Um, and then you look at Chez Revi, Kevin Streelman, they've had a lot of success around here. Um, the rough is really penal, and even though this is a shorter course, it, it's known for having really penalising roughs. So a lot of guys might club back, you know, obviously shorter holes, two drivable par fours. The 15th is always the dramatic hole here. Um, drivable par four risk reward obviously with all that water around the green but um yeah it's gonna be interesting to see that kind of strategy and and some of these longer hitters really having to club back a little bit to stay in the fairway so we're gonna go through all of our picks and um, you've given away a few of your little secrets this week I'm really looking at um, accuracy greens and regulation those were my two key stats and of course, as you say the guys are gonna to have to make birdies, which was kind of foreign for them last week at the country club. So we're each going to do an outright favourite, a one to watch and a dark horse.
0: Before I uh, give you mind, Diane, there's about four holes on this course that you've got to play well. The <laughs> third hole is, is, I've done it in my drawings, it's a long par four, dogleg right. You've got to sort of sweep one around the corner, very easy hole to bogey. That's number three. The 10th hole is an is a hole that everyone, it's narrow, uh, out of bounds to the left, trouble on the right, got to hit a good drive there. The 13th hole is a par five, out of bounds, there's a train track on the left and water on the right, got to hit a good drive there. And mm-hmm. then on the 17th. So there's four holes that all the players have to sort of really think about. The rest of the course, you can almost knock it down there and knock it on the green and have a chance to birdie on every one of them. So. Yeah. Four holes, very key. Uh, It's just all of a matter, it's all a matter about hitting a bunch of greens and knocking in the pass. That's why I'm looking at guys that make a lot of birdies.
1: Is 17 the hole that kind of goes around to the right and there's water along the right and then in front of the green?
0: That's it, yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Right, well, picks coming up in a minute, but first up, we're teaming up with Dundonald Links to bring you the tour report. Now, it's a fantastic golf course and resort in Scotland, in Ayrshire in Scotland, so if you're ever heading to the west, then this is definitely the place to go. If you are planning that bucket list trip to Scotland with your list of golf courses that you want to visit, then this is definitely one to add on. Now, they're the host venue of the 2022 Trust Golf Women's Scottish Open that's happening this July. Now the tournament has a two million dollar purse one of the largest outside of the majors for a women's competition which is great and it's going to be so good to see Dundonald Lynx you know across the world um, showcasing exactly what they've done. They've undergone this huge redevelopment With the ultimate five-star luxury golf resort, so that will be on show. But DunDonald Links has also been selected as one of the four golf courses in Great Britain and Ireland as new venues to stage final qualifying for the Open. Now they're going to host the final qualifying events from 2023 until 26, when tour players, club professionals, and elite amateurs will compete for places in golf's original major championship. Now you can find out more and check out the full course and resort online at dundonaldlinks.com all right okay well we're going to start with our outright favorites and as we said the the field is pretty stacked Rory's playing again this week Justin Thomas, Sandra Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantley I've mentioned all but the guy that I'm picking as my outright favorite but I'm gonna let you go first
0: well, you just named all the guys, Diane, that are the you know superstars in this field. However, I, as I alluded to earlier, I'm going with guys that haven't won on the PGA Tour yet. I'm looking for guys at big opportunity. This player is having a great season. I'm not even sure what he is on the FedEx Cup. I'll quickly tell you, or it doesn't really matter. But this guy has accumulated better stats than Rory McIlroy. If you can believe there's a rookie on tour that has better stats than Roy McIlroy and hasn't won, then you'd be wrong. But this this kid, I'm calling him, is 22nd on the FedEx Cup, having the most one of the most incredible seasons. His name is Davis Riley. Yay. He was playing well at Colonial. He was my pick down there to do well. He hit the lead uh, on about the 13th hole, and then he hit it out of bounds at 14. I think he finished up about tied for sixth or seventh. Diane, this is the key stats I'm looking for. He's 10th in making birdies on the whole PGA Tour this year. He's 8th in driving. He's 10th in putting. I mean, you got to be kidding me. He hasn't won. He would like to be in everything and the one thing he wants more than anything is win. So I am looking at Davis Riley this week just because the other guys may be a little bit burnt out of playing high level golf and this is a chance for a young fella to step right in davis riley uh give me the odds on that i thought i had it
1: 50 to one 50 50 very good
0: it's a great it's it's a great it's one of the great bets of all time in my opinion
1: okay i love it well my guy is 18 to (laughs) 1 so A big uh, disparity there. However, my guy is one of the greatest ball strikers on the PGA Tour with amazing approach and greens in reg stats. I'm talking about Sam Burns. Eight top tens already this season. Three of those have been wins. I mean, this is like the Burns and Scheffler show this year. And we saw the two of them in a playoff at the Colonial not long ago. But when you look at burn stats, he's fourth in approach, fifth in greens and reg, and fourth in birdie average for the season, which is just incredible. And I am excited to see what he can do this week. He was in contention at the US Open. He's one of those guys where he's always there or thereabouts. And I was watching it yesterday, at the start of the day, kicking myself that I hadn't picked Burns at the start of the week. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I have picked him? So I'm not making that mistake again, even though he didn't go on to win the US Open. But I'm going to pick him this week to win the Travelers Championship at 18 to one. My outright favorite is Sam Burns.
0: I saw, I watched Burns play in the Open. Uh, He hit a couple of shots that surprised me, but hey, US Open brings out uh, (laughs) some crazy shots. I saw him hit a couple of offline, which was, I was, uh, you know, unusual for him. Uh, Yes, Stan Burns, of course, you know, we could go down that list. I'm sticking with my guns, Diane. I'm going with guys that haven't won this week. I'm looking for that kind of spark.
1: Okay, okay. Right, so our one to watch, someone with slightly higher odds. And I'll be honest, I have three names here, and I'm not going to give you all three because I know that's just greedy. But of those three... I'm gonna pick the guy that jumped up the highest in our re ranking that we did. And you can check out the full re ranking of the entire field on the SG Tour Golf gaming app. So I thought, well, that's just gonna do it for me. This guy jumped all the way up to number six in our re ranking. He is 50 to 1, and I'm talking about Aaron Wise. Now, Aaron Wise I feel like he's one of these guys that he goes through real spells in his career he's either hot or he's not and when he's hot he's performing so well we just saw him finish runner-up at Memorial and he started really strong at the US Open over the first two days he finished 27th in the end but his approach stat again I told you that was the one I was really going to be looking at this week and it's getting better and better all the time he's 16th in approach for the season on the PGA Tour and I really like like him this week, so Aaron Wise at fifty to one, birdie average. He's twenty second on the tour as well, so he can putt. We've seen it. He has that long putter. So um, yeah, he's my one to watch. Fifty to one, which is actually the same as your outright favourites odds, but that's still good.
0: Who's your who's your um, who's your other two?
1: My other two, Keegan Bradley and Brian Harmon. So Keegan Bradley is 28 to 1 and Brian Harmon is 40 to 1. But again, guys that are playing good right now and played well last week at the US Open. I had Brian Harmon as one of my picks, but he had a really tough Sunday that just kind of dropped him back a little week, but um, a little bit. But Brian Harmon actually three top tens in his last four appearances at the Travelers. So he likes this course as well, so... And Keegan Bradley's finished runner-up here in 2019. Obviously played great. Well, game.
0: Bubba Watson's won the tournament three times. So he's the lefty and Brian Harmon is the lefty. Yeah, man. I've got two names, both non-winners of the on the tour. I like this theme. Uh, well, I, I kind of <laughs> always think, Diane, you know, look, I'm being real. When, when you go to Harford after playing the US Open and after having the PGA a few weeks back, Some of the top guns up there are fatigued and and it doesn't mean you, doesn't mean they're going to not play well. It's just sometimes I think there's an opportunity for a young guy to jump in there when they're not all, everyone's all focused. But, you know, there's two names here. I'm going to give you both of them because this guy should will, you know, not a Will Zalatoris, but he's kind of got into our consciousness about six months ago when he was playing really well, talking about Maverick McNeely. Okay. Fifth 15th in putting, 20th in making birdies. He's 40th on the FedEx, so that's not that's not too, too much of a slouch. 80-1 um, to one this week, Diane. I can't believe how good that odds are. And the other guy who's a real, he's been on tour a long time, I know him, Cameron Tringali, finished 14th last week at the US Urban shot 100 on the weekend. Certainly he must be feeling pretty good about his game to shoot under par on Sunday. 49th in making birdies 32nd almost in the top 30 on the tour talking about making it to the tour championship 32nd in FedEx 65 to one. so I'm I'm my two players to watch Cameron Tringali hasn't won on tour very surprising. Okay. Uh, McNeely yeah. is feeling the footsteps Diane of a lot of young guys getting trampling over his back so he's feeling the pressure of not winning. Uh-huh. So those are my two to watch this week.
1: Okay, good. I like it. We've got some good picks. we're really covering the board. And then we move on to our dark horse, and this pick has to be a hundred to one or over. And <laughs> I have a feeling <laughs> that you and I are looking at the same guy this week. <laughs> and <laughs> so we are looking at the same
0: guy, but I also have I have an extra guy.
1: Okay, well, let's let me put this to the test. I'll, after three, we have to both say the name, and let's see if we're saying the same person. Okay, okay. one, two, three, Joel. Joel Damon. Damon. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it.
0: I'm how in the world like could Joel. how can how in the world could Joel Damon be sitting as our dark horse at a hundred to one thirty ninth in making birdies, finished in the top ten in the U.S. Open. Vegas has got it all wrong, Diane. All wrong. He wasn't putting well last week. He was almost leading all the leaders last week in, from T to Green game. I went and looked at his stats. He didn't finish up that unreal. Top 10 in the U.S. Open is a major, major thing for this, uh, this, this young player. Uh, but you you, you, you tell your side of the story. We both picked the same guy, but I've I got one him. other guy I want to talk about now.
1: Well, when I saw he was 100 to 1, I'm like you, I was completely shocked. Then I kind of looked around online and I found him at 125 to 1. So, you know, right now, if you really want to bet Damon, then you can go and find some fantastic odds. But how can you not root for Joel Damon? He seems to be the most likable, funniest, like easygoing guy. And... I mean, he held a 54-hole lead, which was the first time he had done that in his career, I think, not even just in a major. Went on to finish in a tie for 10th. So how great that at the halfway mark he was leading, but he hung on and got his highest career finish in the US Open, as you say, in a tie for 10th. But again, I'm looking at the accuracy stat. He's 17th on the PGA Tour in accuracy, and it's the stat that is improving week after week for him. So... Shocked to see him so high, but definitely keeping with him. And also, he was leading Greens and Reg for the majority of the U.S. Open last week. So, again, you know, approach Greens and Reg. Take that to a much easier, shorter course and see what you can do.
0: Yeah, he only has to work on one thing. And that goes into the fatigue factor, which is he's got to make a few more putts. He wasn't... he was. They were talking on the TV about how he wasn't putting well. But then I watched the telecast for about nine holes, and he had quite a few putts that he could have made. However, he was on the above the above the hole on almost every one of them, and he was just sort of dribbling them down to the hole like we all would. So not every putt, Diane, is a go for it. Mm-hmm. when you're playing in the U.S. Open. So Joel Damon must know he qualified for the U.S. Open. He said he the only re- he wasn't going to do well when he got there. I listened to his interview. He was going to get his butt kicked like everybody else. He didn't expect to do well, and there he was. He finished in the top 10. He has to fix one thing, and that's his putting. And he can't be too – let's face it, he can't be too far off. He finished in the top 10 in the U.S. Open. He needs to make a few more birdies. But I'd like to mention one other player – I'm jumped all the way to 250 to 1, Diane. So far, he's so far back, I could have put my glasses on to find how far (laughs) back he is on the odds. 22nd in making birdies. How could they have Nate Lashley, Diane, at 250 to 1, 22nd in making birdies, 29th on the PGA Tour in putting? And I want to pull up one other important thing about Nate Lashley. And that is he's 87th on the FedEx Cup. See, all—it all all very important where these guys sit in the FedEx Cup because, look, they're all looking for a little bit of a break during the summer. Not everyone would like to have a holiday, but -hmm. if you can get your number into a certain position, you will get to take a few weeks off where you might not have before. Eighty-seven. This is another guy that hasn't won. I'm sticking with the theme, other than Joel Damon, with you. Because I'm, I'm just jumping on with you because you've had two wins in a row and you go on for your third. What <laughs> if it's Joel Damon? Then I'll be, I'll piggyback you again. Do uh, you want,
1: I've got a little bit of extra intel on Joel Damon. Um, I know his caddy, uh, Gino, pretty well, and he had messaged me a few weeks ago, and he was like, "Can you help me out? I'm trying to get over for the Scottish Open." because Joel's playing, he's not in the Open Championship yet, but Gino's like, you know, he's definitely going to play the Scottish, but accommodation is like so expensive. And he said, if I'm going to go over, the flights are extortionate, rental car is extortionate, could you maybe help me with some accommodation? So I looked around and I found a few people that would take him in. But then he was like, I just think it's too expensive. And I just don't think that it's like financially viable for me to go but he's like I really want to go because Joel's playing so good right now and he's like I know that there's something big coming and I just don't want to miss out (laughs) if I don't go so hopefully with that extra paycheck from finishing top 10 at um, a very well-paid US Open that Gino can take that trip to Scotland and caddy for his guy
0: Well, if Gino's listening to this, which I know he probably won't be, and he knows his player's playing good, I don't care what it costs, Diane, I'm going. Yeah, I know.
1: I know. Right, wow. Well, we've got a lot of good picks this week then, a lot of jam-packed information. I have to mention one more guy because I've been on him like the entire season and he had a great finish. Uh, again, top 10. He finished seventh at the US Open. It's Denny McCarthy. And it would just yeah. be wrong for me not to mention him. Um, finished T5 at Memorial and then that top 10, as I said, at the US Open. He's such a good putter and it's just the strength of his game. It's the the really the part of his game that is getting him. Up that leaderboard week after week, and yesterday there was a, a time where he was really in that contention bracket eh, to go on and win. I'm just having a look to see what Denny's odds are because there's just no. I way- had
0: Denny. Uh, I had Denny. I was looking at him, and you know when you look at stats on our pages, even though we have everyone re-ranked, this one thing the stats can't do, Diane, is is, is check on momentum, um,
1: confidence, you know,
0: how, yeah, confidence. Yeah, he's, uh, let's see, I'm looking at him right here. He's 42nd on the FedEx. That's where I, I checked that first. I can always tell by a player's uh, mm-hmm. frame of mind where, where they are on the FedEx Cup. Uh, eighth in scrambling. You know, Denny McCarthy, eighth in scrambling. I look over here, the, one of the best scramblers that I've ever seen in my career is Scotty Scheffler who is, wait for it, 124th in scrambling. I don't quite understand that, I think, because he misses hardly any greens and maybe doesn't get one up at one. If he misses two greens a day and doesn't get one up and down, that puts him at 50%. That's my theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny McCarthy had a great U.S. Open. Let me tell you something about U.S. Open, folks. If you play good in the U.S. Open, you pretty much played perfect golf the whole week and your brain was so switched in. You were so patient. You were so uh, organized with your game. You weren't. You didn't get flustered, and you were able to just keep going to finish in the top ten. I never did it. Never even came close. I was always freaked out when I went to the U.S. Open because if I hit the ball two feet off the fairway, uh, it was where I couldn't hit it, and I was. Other guys would be way out, and they'd have a shot, and it just. I was toast before I even got to the U.S. Open, oh my. and I told my son. I told everyone that listens. I should have played well in the U.S. Open because I'm a straight hitter but I had the wrong attitude. So Denny McCarthy has the correct attitude, and that's obvious. So does Joel Damon. So does... Uh, all my players that i picked all my players that i picked this week have all have the correct attitude Diane
1: that's it one word you need to know right thank you very much for watching and listening to the show don't forget play along on the HD Tour Golf Gaming app if you haven't downloaded our app already do it because we have not only the games that you can play but all the information the stats and we'll be posting all of our media including Elk's drawings of all the holes at TBC River Highlands and then we're probably going to jump back on and do another show Show later in this week because there's definitely going to be something going on with live golf last week there was a bit of a breather because the us open and obviously people have a lot of respect for the third major of the year so they weren't going to come out and announce things but we're all hearing some rumors that things are brewing there's going to be more names announced um we know that there's a a big pga tour player meeting going on this week so i I think a lot of stuff is gonna to start to come out again and um and well we're gonna to have to jump back on and talk about it.
0: We certainly will. Of course, the next live event uh is in Portland in two weeks and the media is still, you know, punishing these players. You know, they really punished Phil Mickelson last week. It wasn't surprising that he was not able to cope with that. Diane US Open five runner-up finishes. Uh there is a there is some talk in my circles of, of another four or five, five or six players that may sign this week, mm-hmm. I think, Diane, without giving it away, I don't know this, but the sort of the feeling that, that they may stay suspended may not be as as uh, dangerous to them as they first first thought. It may not stick. And if that happens, will players leave easier so they can play both tours? And okay. we'll talk about that in well, an well, upcoming well. podcast.
1: There's always a lot to unpack, right? Well, we'll keep you posted and don't forget to follow along with all of our Secret Golf social media as well and we're looking forward to a jam packed fun travelers championship this week.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network
1: 18 plus.